The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the, you seem to have it all, and you seem to have control of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co adventure, the guy who definitely has it all and has control, Josh, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. I'm I'm pretty swell. I'm pretty swell. I appreciate your patience for recording tonight. It was very nice of you. I was running a little behind schedule, so I appreciate your patience as always. No problem. You know me, Mister Casual. I don't. I don't know. I didn't think of. I'm not a better thing to say. Mister Casual. Mister Casual. You know what they call me? Yeah. That's what they okay. call me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, do you under do you know this reference? Yeah, you know what's funny? So you're the past I think it's the past three weeks you've been doing this, and I keep I have this thing I I said I wanted to use for my um well rounded life and I still haven't done it yet. And right. this is um this also plays into what I'm re- referring to without <laughs> saying um, I get a band that I love that I haven't really listened to in a long time, which is like a band from a band. Yeah. Um, which is tantric, and I really love um their their style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a that's an adult joke. And I get it. I get it. <laughs> their music. Um, they spun off from Days of the New. They did. Which they had their own little Scott Stapp issue where the lead singer thought. He was better than the entire band, and and that's up for debate. I'm not going to debate that today, but there was also Days of the New 2 and 3 at the same time as new Tantric albums. Well, and also now, none of the original members, none of the members from Days of the New are in Tantric anymore. Oh, really? I didn't know that Tantric was still doing stuff. Well, I don't know if they... I think they're still technically active, but most of them, I believe, left Tantric by... 2003 or 2005 or something like that and that and they definitely continued to be a thing after that so it, it is huh. just interesting that it was a band of a band but then those band members are no longer in that band i so what know, do those like, guys go do i don't i don't totally know huh. if i know to be honest something crazy when days of the new two when their album their first album came out I was, why is this happening? I was living on the Cape, going to college, and I went to Newbury Comics, or like, it must have been Newbury Comics, which is local here, I believe. Um, And I bought on cassette, because my car used cassette tapes, um, Bush, the, the, the second Bush album, or the third technically, I guess, their newest one after their hit. And I'm blanking on the name. And Days of the New 2 on cassette. And 
that's like what tantric makes me think of is like that period of time <laughs> when cassette tapes were still around. There is well, it's funny because I still. What was the first cassette tape you ever owned? Uh the first cassette tape I ever owned or bought because that's different. Either both then. The first cassette tape I owned was Metallica Kill 'Em All, uh, which was gifted to okay. me from a, a guy my dad worked with. The first cassette tape I bought, oh, cassette. I can remember my first CD I bought. The first cassette tape I bought. I think it's harder to remember because I wasn't really tracking buying cassette tapes, but I would have been a kid, so it was probably a soundtrack to something. Oh, you know what was this? Probably a single, a cassingle. Do you remember those? <laughs> I do remember those. Now that you say that it was probably like Adam's Family Values because I remember that being a big. Uh, I don't know why my baby monitor is going crazy. I remember that being a big thing back then and playing playing through singles. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you remember yours? I know my first CD, but I don't know. I don't remember my first cassette. Yeah, I, I remember my first CD as well. Uh, my first cassette, I had a cassette that... <laughs> trying to think of the best way to put this. I had a cassette that I got from my aunt and uncle, which was the first one I remember being mine. And they got it, I think, when they were in visiting Australia. Okay, and it, and it was, <laughs> and I, I feel like it was the. Oh man, I'm really struggling to remember. I think it was called Agadu by like Black Lace or something like that. For some okay. reason, that's what's sticking out in my head. <laughs> Um, but anyway, but the first one I bought on my own was actually Hootie and the Blowfish, Crackery Review. Mm, yeah, that I definitely did own that. Yeah, that was the first <laughs> cassette. And then my first CD uh, was the Metallica Black album. Mine was Dookie by Green Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. Mm. Um, But have you, I'm assuming then it sounds like, yes, you have seen Tantric in concert. You know, I, I don't know if I have seen them in concert. Um, in fact, I don't think I have. Gotcha. I did see them in concert, uh, with probably not surprising to you, Oleander. Um, but also the other, the third band that was with them, um, this is back in 2000 or 2001. Um, it was Beautiful Creatures. Oh, was the wow. other band with okay. them. So it was Beautiful Creatures, Tantric, and Oleander. Um, and I saw them at First Avenue in Minneapolis. So that was the only time I saw Tantric ever. I saw Oleander a whole bunch more. I think that's still the only time I saw Beautiful Creatures as well, which is funny that, you know, they're like a thing that's back again. <laughs> so that's also just interesting to me that, you know, all these bands that were bands go away and come back. So <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. Oh, did I see them with Three Doors Down? Very possible that you did. Tantric lead singer denies he's unlicensed used car dealer. <laughs> in massachusetts out of all places there you go there you he's go. local i can go say hi <laughs> you should swing by, by see if he has a car that he can get you so uh so how are things otherwise so josh you know music interludes aside oh things are okay uh you know just living life one day at a time <laughs> that's good living is helpful that's for sure yeah 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 <laughs> Things are okay. Oh, I can go see Trapped in Tantric. 
on May 8th. Oh, it's coming up. <laughs> oh, wow. That is coming up. In New York. Look at that. <laughs> I could go see them. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How about you? You know, not too bad. Not too bad, all things considered. It was a, a long week last week. Mm, I agree. But it was a good weekend overall. Pretty happy with it. Uh, and, you know, looking forward to this new week as we get rolling on here. I will say I'm a little bummed because totally had time probably to play a board game today. Oh. And I decided to take a nap instead. So I feel like <laughs> I'm kind of at that age that... Men of a certain <laughs> age. Sometimes taking a... A nap is 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 really important. When we uh, recorded uh, Dollar, Cinema. Dollar Cinema, yeah, <laughs> I, I like that we were having the conversation about you know Friday night, eight p.m. my time, nine p.m. your time. Josh is like, I'm an adult because I'm drinking a beer, and Kevin and I are like, Yeah, we're adults because we're drinking coffee to stay awake, so we can record it this time. So, you know, that's kind of the life that we're living now. It's pretty great. So you should check out though that episode of Dollar Cinema if you can. If you're a patron, you definitely can check it out, and we would encourage you to. When it gets posted, which I don't know when it'll be, but it should be soon-ish. So, yeah, that's exciting. Cool. All right, Josh, what do you say? Should we, uh, you know, get on with the show, as they say? Sure. I'm sure people are sick of us talking about music, or they're not, <laughs> but who knows? You know, bands from the 90s. We can talk about them all day. But anyway, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter, or check out the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of playing some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is that just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. I do want to give a shout-out, though, to our Patreon producers, because uh, we really do appreciate your support, and it, you do help make this show possible so big thanks to Michael Masick, Barry Cathcart, Edwin Kahlo, Stephen Keller, Nick Creature, Rude Day 93, Ben Moxham, Rob Emanuel, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calicote, Grouchy Sergey, Devin Tyus, Josh Borboni, That's RJ me. Kern, Zachary Adams, and of course, who could forget, Horse Girl 69. <laughs> We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Uh, as an aside, I've said it the last couple of weeks, but just remember, the PSVG main feed is going away. So if you listen to us through the main feed, you will want to check out either the Dice Tower Network feed or our standalone feed to continue to download us after May 10th. So make sure you are getting on that. But with that, Josh, <laughs> what is your first topic this week? I'm just thinking I got... I got an in memoriam uh, tattoo for that feed. <laughs> you did get that too, Josh. Okay, we're we're gonna push pause really quick, Josh. Yes. Did you you posted this on on Twitter too, right? Not just in the Discord. Mm-hmm. I did Josh, on my Twitter. Yeah. You got a PSVG tattoo. I did. But tell, the, me, tell me about this journey with other video PSVG. games on there. With other video game <laughs> things for sure. But what? Tell me about this journey to how you decided that. Of all tattoos, you're going to get a PSVG tattoo. Oh, that's a good question. You know, I don't have many. Well, that's not that's not true either. I I don't have any pop culture tattoos. Uh, I do have tattoos. Um, so it's something I always wanted. I was like, uh, Batman's kind of cliche. Everyone has Batman tattoos. No offense if you have one. I'm a big Batman fan. I just never took the plunge. Uh... I've been wanting a new one for a while, so I just kind of was like mulling over some ideas, and I thought, well, you know, 
a big part of my life and it brought me to this, which is important. And it's kind of just always been a constant I have with a great community that has spawned from this. So uh, and something I think about every day and I'm happy and proud to tell people about. So uh, even even if it ever goes away or even with the main feed going away, when people ask about it, I can tell them what it is. And maybe uh, that will get us more listeners as well uh, <laughs> if people are interested. Um, yeah, so I thought I got that and then I got three game um, logos tattooed beneath it. So I got a Horizon Zero Dawn one, a Mass Effect and a ghost of Tsushima. And there's room for more. I can go around the leg as long as I keep it below the PSVG logo. I was say, there's room for lots more there. Well, there's room for lots more. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So I thought it was a, uh, it was something I wanted to surprise people with. And I was excited to get it. And it's been a long time since I got a tattoo. So I kind of forgot, you know, it's, you know, they say pain is temporary. But. <laughs> It's a different type of pain. and <laughs> That is true. It is a different type of pain. Yeah. I've gotten a tattoo in a really long time. Yeah. It was like 10 years maybe for me. Oh, yeah. I got mine when I was like 18. So it's been, you know, over 20. Yeah. I got, yeah, I, I got a tattoo <laughs> as soon as I turned 17 as well. So, yeah. And it was nice to, uh, and now I even, even, I have, I'm, I have equidistant and equal number tattoos on my body. So I feel centered. <laughs> Perfect. That's that's really the reason. You're like, I'm gonna get these three game things. And you're like, well, one. I guess I should get PSVG two <laughs> just so I could be balanced. In my I needed life. one on my right leg. Otherwise, everything everything <laughs> felt off. Awesome. All right. Well, that is very cool. You can check out Josh's social media if you want to see pictures of it, or on the Discord and see pictures of it because pretty well done. Whoever did it, nice props to them. They did a nice job. Feel so. free to share your uh, criticism. I we are, I got a random person already commented with a like a disapproving gif. I'm like, oh, that's what I get for tagging like Gorilla, um, Sucker oh. Punch, and, yeah. and Bioware. Yeah, that's okay. That's fine. People could judge. That's okay. Yeah, not on their body. You're not asking others to get <laughs> tattoos, so who cares? <laughs> All right, Josh. So what's your first topic this okay, week? Okay, great. Well, you you shared this in our Discord earlier last week. Our our next big video game Kickstarter is here. And boy, is it big. You know what? I did forget to include the link to the Kickstarter. It's which a story. I should have done. So, Monster Hunter World, the board game, has launched. Uh, on Kickstarter. It is by Steamforge Games, of course. There's only a few companies that do miniature games now. Like, when I say miniature games, I mean, this is a miniatures game. It's not a Seamon game, which are miniatures. This is... We make miniature games, and we put boards and We make miniatures, and we put boards under them. <laughs> That's really more whereas, like what it is. <laughs> whereas Kabat is like, we make board games and put miniatures into them. Yes, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so uh, as you can imagine, the the minis aren't so many in this Monster Hunter World game. Uh, I should say there's four days left to go, so by the time you hear this, you will still have time if you want to back this game. On a goal of $208,000, they're currently at $3.3 million. They reached a million dollars in, woof, uh, I had it and I lost it, like an hour or yeah. something silly like that. So, a base game uh, pledge is 71 American dollars, or 51 pounds, or a year. I think that's pounds. Uh, that is the entry-level pledge. It just gets you the board game. Uh, so, you know, simple as that. 
the core pledge, that's not even the entry-level pledge, is going to cost you $142. That is the base game, uh, more of the base game, and two kicks, uh, well, a Kickstarter exclusive Kulu Yaku. I'm assuming that's a, a dragon <laughs> or a monster. Um, and all login bonuses, which interestingly enough is not included in the entry pledge. I'm assuming that's like Kickstarter, like unlocks. Uh, I don't know what the log. I didn't look too far to see what the login bonuses are, or the daily unlocks. And then if you want the all-in package, which is the final tier level, you can back it. You're looking at two hundred and ninety-three dollars to get the base games, the Kickstarter exclusive thingy, the Hunter's Arsenal expansion, Kushala Deora expansion. Sorry, Monster Hunter fans. <laughs> uh, Nergi Gigante <laughs> expansion. Uh, Teostra expansion. And all login bonuses. This is a 1-4 to four player game. It's 14 plus. It's 60 to 90 minutes. I think that's all kind of normal for a game of this size. Uh, the minis look great. I'll give them that. You know, they look incredible. They're very well detailed. Uh, it is a cooperative arena board game for one to four players, which I just said of one to four players, so I just keep saying the same things. Uh, it comes with a boatload of figurines and monsters uh, and boards and maps and character sheets. Uh, now, Monster Hunter is a world is a game that we both own. But I believe it's a game we both have not played. Yeah, I think we own it on multiple systems, <laughs> I, even. I remember buying it on Xbox One because it was taking advantage of uh, Xbox One X because it was taking advantage of the upgrade, and I wanted a game that would do that. Um, so, yeah. So, you haven't played it, I'm assuming? I have not played it. I've always wanted to, but then I talked to people who do play a lot of it, and I recognize that uh, I like playing other games, too. Ooh. And Monster Hunter, you know, it seems a little more like a lifestyle. I think you're right. I agree with you. So does that being said, does the board game interest you at all? This board game interests me approximately 4%. Four, hey, look, uh, interesting that <laughs> you gave it a percentage. <laughs> <laughs> so the, my 4% of interest is because the minis look really cool. Like, mm. I think the minis look great. Uh, that's about it. Um, I, since I've never played a Monster Hunter game, the IP in and of itself does not intrigue me. This is a game that I do not know anyone locally that I could get to play this with me. Yeah. Steamforge, while from a production standpoint, tends to make spectacular games. My understanding is, and again, some might get upset with me because I, I don't know that off the top of my head that I've actually played a Steamforge game, but... The sense I get is that their games are a lot of style and maybe a little less substance. Yeah. Actually, we'll talk about that when we get to Homer. <laughs> okay. So, again, I'm not saying it's bad. Um, I'm not saying that people shouldn't get this if they're interested in it. Just kind of all of those things together are a hard sell for me. Now, we talk about board game prices on this show ad nauseum, probably more than our listeners want to hear us talk about. Mm. I will be genuine that while this is expensive, for the all-in pledge, 
Like you're getting a lot for that money. It is a lot of money. Like I'm not saying three hundred dollars is is not um, anything to shake a stick at. Like that's a ton of money, and it definitely is. Uh, er, when we talk about you know board games being a hobby thing of like, oh, <laughs> feel free to spend some extra money that you hopefully have to do this. Like that's a lot of money to spend on one game. But the miniatures probably should call be called like medium chers because they're not very small like they're really not very many and you get a lot of them and there's a lot in the box I, um, for the price i feel like it doesn't seem like a complete rip um but just because i have no connection to the ip hmm. because i am hesitant to just go in on a steam forge game from a gameplay perspective i just don't anticipate i would i definitely would not kickstart this i would consider getting it down the road for significantly less price you know when it releases yeah you know a few months after it releases but uh yeah right now it's a a no-go for me what about you yeah no it's a no-go for me um if it were if i played this game like this definitely looks like a great game for fans but uh just not for me you know unfortunately obviously every game can't be for us even though my collection would (laughs) beg to differ um i did think it was funny I, i pulled up the news article about them breaking the a million dollars in less than two hours from Dicebreaker. And in their article, they say, uh, um, Monster Hunter World, the board game, is a co-op title based on video game series that sees players seeking out enormous creatures to defeat. Uh, it is also seeing a film adaptation starring Mila Jovovich, Ron Perlman, and Tony Jaa coming in June. It, you can go buy it in Target now on DVD, so I don't know where they got their their news from. Unless it's getting a re-release in theaters because of the pandemic. Uh, but you can go buy well, this film if you want. <laughs> but Dicebreaker is also British. European, oh yeah, so British. it's not out so in maybe Europe it's not out there. Oh, yeah, interesting. I do forget that sometimes. Um, yeah. Okay. So cool. Monster Hunter World. If you're interested, I know we have Monster Hunter fans that listen. Uh, so this game is available uh, on Kickstarter as you're listening. So jump. Well, if you're listening when this, the day this comes out, go jump on that. How high do you have to jump, Josh? Uh, I don't know. Those miniatures can't be too high. So <laughs> three inches. <laughs> do you really think they're three? The biggest one is only three inches. You no, think? I'm sure it's bigger than that. <laughs> You'll trip and fall. Don't jump too high. You will trip. True. Don't trip and hurt. Like jump and hurt yourself. That would be bad. So be careful for that. Definitely. You <laughs> don't want to see that happen. Yeah. Don't do that. What? Sorry, I'm checking something here real quick. You're checking the height of the minis? (laughs) No, I'm not checking the height of the minis. I'm just checking the other games. Sure. Uh, From who? Steamforge? Well, from Matt Hart. Uh, Dark Souls? Must have been one of them, right? Yeah, Dark Souls and Resident Evil 2, it looks like, are the other ones. Um, And then Sherwin uh, also did Resident Evil 2 and Horizon Zero Dawn, the board game. Ah. And... You know, when looking at their ratings, I you know, things are not setting the world on fire for me here. Yeah. So um doesn't mean they're bad. Again, maybe if you're into that, that's cool. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't again, seems to be really about having a cool table presence, which is fun too. Like nothing wrong with that. Like having a f- big cool table presence is a good time sometimes. So cool. Anything else said about uh Monster Hunter World the board game you want to talk about? No. All right, Josh. So I'm going to stick in the world of board games, but talk about something potentially a little different in the world of board games. 
Uh, as you may know, or may not know, dear listener, Fantasy Flight Games, which is also Asmodee, uh, is based actually in Minnesota. Now, when Asmodee bought Fantasy Flight, uh, they merged their North American operations to Minnesota, which is where Fantasy Flight was located. Um, in addition to having their corporate headquarters there, they also had the Fantasy Flight Games Center, which was attached physically. It is in the same building as Asmodee North America's headquarters are. Well, Christian Peterson, who was the person who created Fantasy Flight, and had worked for um, them for many, many years, uh, left once, I don't remember if it was immediately after they were acquired by Asmodee or not long after they were acquired by Asmodee, um, but he left and, and created a new company called Star, uh, Strange Stars LLC, and now they have purchased the Fantasy Flight Game Center from Asmodee and renamed it as the Game Center. That's a Z in the middle there, Game Center. <laughs> Uh, but it's still in the same place, still in the same square footage, still in the same building that shares the corporate headquarters with Asmodee North America. It is now just Game Center. Uh, and to be clear, this is a really, really big uh, retail operations space. Like, I've been to the Fantasy Fight Game Center when it was called that. It's very, very large. It also has uh, food and coffee and, like, all these other things you can do in addition to having spaces to play games, a huge spot to buy games. All these other fun things. Now, Josh, so here's my my question for you. This probably means that the game Zenter, as it is now called, probably not making much money, right? Like, you don't sell this thing if it's doing real well, especially since it's, like, in your headquarters. Yeah, I mean, imagine that's a, a, we- a weird situation. Uh, it's definitely odd the the buying and rebuying kind of situation as well. So I mean, I guess if you think pandemic wise, it's harder. It's not. It's almost. It's impossible to browse board games, right? So you're not really getting. Well, it's easier now, but you weren't really getting like walk in random board game grabs. So you're buying. You're getting games people are ordering probably from Amazon also. Uh, or places like that. So yeah, I would imagine it hurts, especially like a store like that that's just board games. Like at mm-hmm. least my FLGS sells a bunch of other things, and they're still closed for months. Right. So um, yeah, it must have been hard for them. I think they have like a restaurant in there too, so that's a big hit for like their margins. So it must have been really tough. Yeah, I agree. I can't imagine that the build that that time over you know, the last year and Minnesota did some pretty serious lockdowns when it came to COVID stuff. And it was very, very challenging for uh, many businesses to, to be open in any way uh, during it. But that those things are, you know, come being scaled back a little bit now people can go get food and all that good stuff. Uh, but Josh, do you think we've heard a lot about board game cafes? I know you've been to some when you've gone to um, other places and, and gone to packs and all that, go- all that good stuff. Do you think those are a good environment for people to play and experience games in? Like, do you really think that going to a place, you know, getting some food maybe or a beverage, sitting down at a table, maybe with friends where you all choose to meet there, or maybe just with strangers and you're seeing who's around, like, do you think that's viable? Do you think that's something people want to do, especially once everything is over, quote unquote, over with COVID and we're kind of getting back to life as normal? Do you think? 
people are going to want to do that more? Do you think they found their other alternates, like alternate ways to like get the fix, and that's just what they're going to do now? Like, how do you think this is going to work in the future? I mean, I think board game cafes are incredible, and they should be everywhere. The problem is they're in such limited markets. It, you talk about like gateway gamers and stuff. You have maybe you have friends who are like hesitant to play board games or like just think board games are Monopoly and Scrabble, even or even like relatives and things like that. Telling them that there's food and beer and or drinks available, uh, and you can still go out and have a social night, and you don't have to buy, you don't have to own the games. Um, I think it's great, and, and generally, from what I've been hearing, is people are pretty respectful of the games when they're checking them out. And I think that that's, you know, baked into the experience when you get to these places, obviously there could be places that don't deliver that message well enough. And, uh, I, I don't know about you, but, uh, even breweries out here as they're opening, you kind of start frequently seeing more and more board games available. And they're like lofty areas or hangout areas. Like that's just something that, people are grabbing a hold of. In fact, someone in my in my city uh, who I met through our Dice Tower network um, Slack chat or whatever they use now, which we don't use anymore, um, <laughs> runs a board game night at a local coffee slash cafe here. And he, him and his wife are saving up to open their own board game cafe because they do see it has a viable like business decision. Um, I just think that we're going to hopefully like the board game industry is not slowing down. It's it's survived the pandemic. Uh, so I think it's going to come back stronger than ever. So I, I think like um, this is something that we should be looking forward to. Hopefully it happens. Yeah. I'm trying to think about how big of an area you have to have or how big of a town you have to be in to make a board game cafe or something like that viable. Like how big of a town? How big do you think a town or area needs to be? Well, you need to be centrally located to population. Like you can't be like <laughs> if you live somewhere where uh, a grocery store or a Target is thirty minutes from you, then it's not smart to open a board game cafe where you are. <laughs> uh, it needs to be like at a central area. But okay, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to tell. I mean, I live in a city. I've always lived in a city, and it's it's one of the biggest cities on the East Coast. So uh, I'm not like I I have a hard time trying to picture. I've traveled a lot for work in the past, so I know what small towns and cities look like, especially like up in Vermont, in Maine. But there's still markets. If someone if there's a place that everyone travels to to do things, you could put a board game cafe there. It's all about marketing. I could see that. I just know. I, I mean, I definitely do not live in a place that is big enough to, to have a board game cafe. But I would like to go to one someday. Uh, one cool thing about this, though, and they're already marketing this, is that since Christian Peterson, uh, you know, who was the founder of Fantasy Flight Games, but also important to know, uh, designed a lot of board games in his day. Um, yeah. They're like one of their events they have is like learn to play Twilight Imperium with the designer. Well. Oh boy. Christian Peterson was the designer. So, you know, if you ever really nice way for them to be able to be like, yeah, come learn to play Twilight Imperium or Game of Thrones or Star Wars Armada or any of the other 
hundreds of games that yeah. you know Christian Peterson designed in his time at Fantasy Flight, uh, which is kind of cool. That is a nice little marketing thing for them to do is that like, hey, come here, do this thing. Because uh, there are a lot of game designers uh, because of Fantasy Flight's location. Like they have a lot of designers in that area. Uh, and, you know, one of the few companies really that has full time like people on payroll who their only job is being a board game designer. Yeah. So. But so that's cool. But yeah, it's just interesting uh, seeing, you know, Asmodee acquire all of these things and then this thing they decided to sell. Um, we're not seeing them do that all that often. So, Josh, anything else about board game cafes or board gaming centers you want to talk about? Go to one. Support them if you have one near you. They're great. I, I agree. Now, if only I had one to go to to support, but I don't right now. All right, Josh, what is your second story? My second story. Well, it is. I don't know how to how I feel about this. So, how how much say should gamers actually have in the games that they play? As I wrote so eloquently, uh, we have almost eighty thousand people who have signed a petition demanding Sony approves. <laughs> we got a lot of buzzwords here. Uh, Days Gone 2. This became a big thing maybe a week or two ago when a former team member said, uh, you can't, if you didn't buy the game when it came out, you, you, you have no, I'm paraphrasing, you have no business asking for a sequel. You don't even deserve it. (laughs) That's a big paraphrase. That was a really big paraphrase, (laughs) yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we got word that, uh, Sony is not at least actively engaging on a sequel, not Sony. I shouldn't even say Sony. I should say Naughty Dog or Sony Bend. Um, the developers of Days Gone and the publisher of Days Gone are not actively pursuing a sequel to Days Gone, uh, to apparently at least 80,000 people's dismay. (laughs) I don't know that that number equals how much it would cost to develop the game. I I doubt it. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it seems that uh, they have decided to not move forward with it. And uh, part of the petition says there's there's millions of people who want Sony PlayStation to approve Days Gone 2. And I want all the fans to sign this petition. They can't just pull the plug on such an amazing game that ended with a cliffhanger. I can think of plenty of games that ended with a cliffhanger. Um, and this was, uh, uh, I, there's another comment here. I do have an opinion on something that your audience may find of interest. This was, uh, uh, the writer and creative director of days gone recently said, uh, sorry, players shouldn't quote, complain if the game doesn't get a sequel, if they didn't buy it, quote, at, effing full price unquote <laughs> so yeah that person uh john garvin i believe is his name is not happy which i get you put you put a lot of time and money into a game and and you don't get the love out of the gate and then all of a sudden people are demanding a sequel that would probably anger me as well um and then he says don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel if it wasn't supported at launch and i want to talk about that but first i want to ask is this the slippery slope that was essentially um created with mass effect 3's ending and then maybe even uh further more 
fueled with a Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League, do you think we are riding this slope downwards? I'm gonna I'm gonna play the sidestep your you question for a second. I'm gonna sidestep your question <laughs> for a second. I'm gonna give you a little insight here, Josh. Ooh, I like insight. So this is an article from back in 2019, um, from PlayStation Lifestyle. Okay. Uh, and it this article says uh, a report by GamesBeat reveals that Sony play, Sony's PlayStation brand accounted for over a quarter of the video game industry's television advertising spending in the United States during April 2019. Video game companies spent approximately $29.4 million in advertisements during the last month, which is down from March's $36.6 million. In total, there were more than 19 gaming brands that ran 56 ads over 12,300 times. According to the report, the ads reached 2 billion impressions. Breaking down the aforementioned figures further, GamesBeat noted that Sony spent $7.9 million on two PlayStation advertisements that were aired more than 1,200 times, reaching 379.8 million impressions. Both ads promoted Ben Studios' Days Gone. So they spent $8 million in advertising. Yeah. The the month that game was released, right? And that's just for television advertising. 80,000 people, let's say they spent 70 bucks a pop to buy this sequel. That's $5.6 million, Josh. Mm. I think we need a few more than 80,000 people. I think if, so. If PlayStation's going to be like, yeah, let's go ahead and make this game. Well, clearly that- they wouldn't have to spend any money on marketing for Days Gone 2 because they're only making it for the <laughs> right. fans of the first one. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's true. That's true. No marketing. They could save $8 million right out the gate. <laughs> and that $5.6 million, I'm sure, was the cost of AAA game development over the course of six years that it took them to make Days Gone. Now... Let's be clear. I love Days Gone. I am someone who really would like a Days Gone sequel. It is a game that I enjoyed far more than I anticipated. And I said on this very podcast that I thought people were, I didn't agree with most of the reviews, that the game had problems. Yes, there were issues with the game, but that my enjoyment of it far exceeded my expectation for enjoyment. And I, you know, even with people who didn't like Deacon and everything else, like, I really had a good time in that game. I actually still listen to the soundtrack like every week because I think the soundtrack <laughs> is really underrated. It's very, very good. Like, I love this game. I think it's, I had a ton of fun with it. It's a game that, you know, I probably will go back and play again. Uh, it got a little long in the tooth, you know, at the end. But yeah. So to parse what you're saying, 80,000 people, it's really cool that 80,000 people want Days Gone. Too. And it's probably obviously way more than that because I didn't sign the petition, even though I would like <laughs> it's gone too. I get what John Garvin is saying. Now, let me caveat that with he is John Garvin has clarified since then that he did not mean that, like, oh, if you can't afford games when they're released, that you're a bad person or that you don't deserve to play games or anything like that. But Sales of games, sales of brand new games, full price sales of games make a big deal for PlayStation, right? Like they need to sell as many games at full price as they can to recoup the cost of development. So them selling the game or you picking it up six weeks later or eight weeks later at a discount is not as impactful for PlayStation being like, yeah, we should totally greenlight a sequel as it is when somebody pre-orders it or buys it day one, right? 
Like it is different. Now that's not to make anyone feel bad or to say that you're a bad game fan. If you can't afford to buy games day one, like that's totally fine. Like there's a ton of other ways to get games. There's a ton of other things that you can do. Like there's, you should never feel compelled to buy a game day one. Now I am fortunate that for games like Returnal, which is a game I'm very excited to play and a studio I like a lot. I want to support the developers in this way, knowing how important it is. And I've pre-ordered the game, right? Like we don't have reviews yet, but I, I have confidence in the, in the work how Mark has done before. So I want to show the studio that I support them. I, you know, it's kind of, this is just one of those situations that sometimes business is business and it's ugly and gross and it makes you re- recognize sometimes that or makes you realize that sometimes people forget that like these companies are in it to make money, right? Like, yeah, they make cool art. That's fun things for us to play. But in the end, they're a business. They're trying to make money. And that's how that they make money is by saying like, look, all these people bought the game on day one. Clearly there's desire for a sequel. So we are going to make a sequel. But if a lot of people didn't buy it on day one or the tale hasn't been super strong, uh, you're not going to get a sequel. Now, with Days Gone releasing very soon on PC, if that game sells well, maybe then they will revisit and say, hey, look at how many people bought this game on PC. Look how many people. Maybe there is a bigger desire for a sequel than there was. Maybe Bend needs to prove that they could develop a game in less than six years. Like, I don't want to, you know, throw the developer under the bus because I know it's hard. I'm not trying to say that at all. But, like, that was a long time that they let them work on that game, you know, before they released it. That, that was a long, long time. Um, So it's just it's a super complicated situation. Obviously, his comments were extremely tone deaf. Uh, you know, like, it's okay if you can't buy a game day one. That's fine. Don't buy the game day one. Buy it when it's affordable for you or buy it when it gets to a point where you feel it's worth the price. Um, But... It, yeah, I with everything that has happened recently and how things are gone, I would both be surprised and not surprised if we hear in a year that we're getting a Days Gone sequel. What about you, Josh? Uh, you know, you kind of addressed the question I was going to ask you next, which was about that comment, that the quote about don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel. If it wasn't supported at launch, I agree. Um, I, I, well, I mean, I do and I don't think he meant... <laughs> What he what he said. I I think he did. He was angry. He said what he he's he meant what he said. He just took a step back and was like, oh well, what I said sounds bad, and it does sound bad. Uh, it does. I would say to address at least that that comment. It's just a weird thing, right? Don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel if it wasn't supported at launch. Well, my you know my job isn't to support it at launch necessarily, especially if I picked up Days Gone. Because I never heard of it, or someone recommended it to me a year later, and Sony's the one who decided to lower the price, not Best Buy or Target. Like they could, they could be like Nintendo would never lower the price of their game. So maybe I got it as a gift for Christmas because it was twenty bucks. My, my only actual real complaint about that comment is, if I like that game and I wanted a sequel, who are you to tell me I I don't have the right to want a sequel? <laughs> like. What if, like, what if four other games came out at the same time that this game came out? Or, you know how, like, we're we're an exception of people who have too many games to play and not right. enough time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of people have to make a decision one game, and this might not have been that game. And then they get around to it, and they're like, oh, my God, this game is incredible. Yeah, I can't absolutely. believe I slept on this. I hope that – I can't wait to play the next one. <laughs> like, it's just – I understand – 
we've all said things in the heat of the moment, and the internet is the worst place for anyone to be or say anything on. Uh, so I also feel for the guy a little bit as well. Like I don't think he's a villain. I just think um, I would be I would be defensive about a project that, uh, that I worked on that I felt passionate about that people were tearing apart. Also, and it doesn't help with this. Um, Sony PC feud that is going with the PlayStation fans that this is coming to PC. It's just making people more angry in the direction of Days Gone, which is also a silly thing if you ask me. But, you know, that's just something that is. And we can talk about Sony and console exclusives in the future. We don't have to do that now. <laughs> but uh, I think it's a shame. But they have a template, right? It won't take them six years to make another one. They just have to do some graphical upgrade updates and make a new setting. They have they can use the same framework like an Uncharted game does, and they could have a new game out in a year, really. And I know I'm saying that like flippantly, like like the, I know the development cycle takes a lot longer than that. But as far as like if if there was a need and a want for this game, they could have been pushed to have this game out next year. So it just, I don't think that there's just a focus for news day, New Days Gone in general, whether it was sales or not. Like, they probably have them working on something else. And that's the challenging part of this whole situation. Number one, you know, from, I obviously have never personally worked with the with the man, but from all that I've ever heard is that John Carvin can be a little bit hard to work with. So it, it doesn't totally surprise me that he came out and said these things. Now that he is not employed by playstation anymore and that he is not you know restricted by doesn't have a pr person there like managing everything that he says but um the hard part is is you're right josh if they had greenlit a sequel immediately upon release of the first game uh they could potentially next year have a a sequel to this game out but the problem is they didn't do that right the game didn't sell well so i don't know that the game or i should say the game didn't sell well initially i think the game has gotten a pretty strong cult fan base at this point i think there are a lot of people who really enjoy this game and i would venture to guess that the number of people and the fan base for this game is greater today than it was two months after launch yes and as yeah and and as a result of that i think we could see days gone down to down the road i just don't think it's going to be their next project if that makes sense so Excuse me. They've already said that Bend is working on something else right now, some other new original thing. Like if that comes out and that does really, really well, I could see them using that as their leverage then to potentially go back and do a Days Gone two uh, or something like that. So I don't know that this is the end of Days Gone. I just I I, I don't believe that Days Gone two will be Ben's next um, title unless who knows maybe. You know, Jim Ryan has seen all this feedback and he goes to Eric Jensen at at. <laughs> At bend and is like okay guys if you really want to do days gone too you can that's fine that's cool why don't you get back to work yeah. on that um but drop what you're doing let's get on days gone too <laughs> so cool anything else uh about days gone or buying games at full price that you want to talk about i don't know i kind of just want to say be thankful gamers be thankful for what you have <laughs> and stop this nonsense but you know that's not going to get me anywhere in the in the internet world, at least. <laughs> hey, if 80,000 people want to sign, you know, a petition that they want Days Gone to, go to town. That sounds yeah. great. Sign that petition. Um, yeah, that's fine. No big deal. 
But all right, Josh. Cool. Man, I do I would want to play a Days Gone 2 though, not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. But instead I'll be playing Returnal in just a few days, which I'm still really excited for. Actually, I shouldn't say still really excited for. I'm very excited for that game. I hope it's I'm not psyching myself up for nothing. All right, Josh. Unsurprising. Well, maybe surprising. Um, we had planned an E3 presentation last week for Ubisoft. And now another company who initially had not been in the list of, of companies having an E3 presentation, Square Enix has come out and said that they will be appearing at E3 2021. While they didn't give us a day and time of their showcase like Ubisoft did, I figured, what the heck? Since we planned Ubisoft's showcase for them last week, we might as well plan Square Enix's for them this week. So, Josh, Square Enix, obviously, well, well-known publisher. Uh, they have, you know, their Japanese wing that does a lot of role-playing games, and then they have their Western studios that has done, you know, where we get our um, Marvel's Avengers, and we've gotten, you know, those style of games, you know, the Tomb Raider games, all of that good stuff. But I thought we'd take some time, talk about, you know, current things they have going on that we might see more from, projects we already know about coming out, and then maybe what would we love to see from them? What would make us happy if we saw something from them? So with that, Josh, as a publisher, oh, and you know what I just think I just did? What'd you do? I, th <laughs> I think I may have just given you the link of only Square Enix proper, not Square Enix the publisher games. Oh, I didn't even look. I just started doing my own uh, looking up. <laughs> oh, so you don't even look at the links I give you to try to help you be prepared? I looked at the first link, and there was nothing good on it. <laughs> wow. 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 You know, Josh? I actually ended up in the same place with my own searching, so <laughs> it, it's okay. Uh, list oh, of Square Enix video game franchises. No. Yeah, it just gives a franchise. Well, we'll just That's okay. this, this will be fine. This will be fine. All right, Josh. So Square is actually kind of in a unique spot in that I think the bulk of their games uh, we kind of know about in some way, shape, or form um, that uh, – let me back up. Most of the games that we know about have either been released or seem like they're coming a really far time from now. Yes. Right. They don't have a lot of like immediate things. It doesn't seem necessarily, um, you know, we just got bangers like Balan Wonderworld, <laughs> which yeah. apparently is horrible. <laughs> um, so we got some of those things. But, you know, when you think of the games that are out there right now that that Square has published, Josh, you know, one of the big things that they have is Marvel's Avengers, a game that you really enjoy. Yes. Um, what enjoyed. do you think? Enjoyed. <laughs> Obviously, we already know that. Um, Black Panther is coming. We've gotten a couple characters yeah. recently. We know that theoretically at some point Spider-Man is coming. What do you think they need to show at E3 to reinvigorate the Marvel's Avengers crowd? Oh, that's tough. Um, uh, I don't want to say support because they're supporting the game um, to a degree. Uh, I think they need to show a better timeline for content. and realistically with the amount of money that people paid in my opinion you got a, a good enough campaign out of that the problem was they promised so much before the game came out they promised so much and they have epically failed in delivering what they promised 
so far content wise, at least in that timeline. Um, I haven't even gone back since they added Kate Bishop and Hawkeye uh, and uh, who was before Kate Bishop? She was. She was the first one, right? Yeah, she was the okay. first one, I believe. Yeah, I did go back once. They once. Well, I mean, part of it is because of my I lost all my PlayStation save data. That's a one of the yeah. problems. Uh, but I did go back, and they had changed so much that the map was like almost unreadable to me as someone coming back into the game. Uh, so I think they kind of need to. I know they've been overhauling the shield, the Calicarrier, since like. The game has been updated in the new update, so I'm interested to go back and see what they've changed. But really, they need to give people a solid timeline of what is coming, and they need to hit those dates. Really, that's all they have to do. Show more Black Panther stuff at E3. Tell us who the next character is. Do not give us a date. Just give us something to look forward to. And maybe, like, I don't know. For me, my problem with Avengers is after you beat it, everything is samey everything is too much of the same content and a lot of the stuff you can't do at the level you are when you get there so then then you're really relying heavily on multiplayer and if you have that that's great right if you have the ability to do that but uh, we obviously had aspirations of playing together and the funny part is i also know like three other people in our discord that play but no one is ever like wanting to play together <laughs> they're just playing it by themselves which is fine right right that's a game they bought but like people aren't like saying like hey i'm gonna jump into the new avengers content who wants to join me that doesn't happen so it's just i think it's just lacking in general so i don't know what they can really show other than that other than what i said to to make at least me want to jump back into it but i know their numbers are low on twitch yeah but okay so a lot of those things that you mentioned, though, like they've kind of already done, right? Like they've shown characters, they've talked about how they, and you still haven't jumped in. I still haven't jumped in. You're right. Because it is going back. There's a games to play now. Like I already beat Avengers. Do I want to start all over again because my save date is gone? It's different, I think, for people who aren't in my situation where they're just kind of going back in, picking up the new story content and playing. I get that. Um and I probably would be doing the same if I, you know, didn't lose all that stuff. So, I mean, like, uh, like Kevin Austin would probably be a better person to ask because he's been playing the content. And I think he really enjoyed the Hawkeye stuff. For me, I also have no, I don't, I, the first two DLC characters are archers, which is uh, until Aloy came along, I was really not interested in bow and arrow <laughs> in any video game. Okay, okay. So, like, you're going to give me a guy who uses a bow and arrow and Hulk is next to me and I can pick Hulk? <laughs> or I can pick Iron Man and fly? Or Thor? No, thank you. Uh, I'll pass on your, your archers. Give me Black Panther. I'll probably, I'll probably jump back in at Black Panther. Okay. So another game that is currently out and a, a bit more recent and seems to be having a bit more success uh, is Outriders. What do you think we see? Do you think we see anything from Outriders, DLC talk? What are your thoughts on if Outriders is something that they will continue to support? Yeah, I think they've said they're going to continue to support Outriders. So I think we see... Oof, I don't know that we see DLC fully. Maybe we see like a DLC tease, but I think we're probably just going to see more... Um, of them like transparently talking about what they're doing to 
streamline the multiplayer experience. Do you want? Because have you finished Outriders? No, I keep wait. I keep. I started playing with people, and now they don't play anymore. So then I'm like, well, do I wait and continue playing? Because then I went to play again with them, and then they were like, well, I don't know what level you are now, so I don't know that I want to play with you right now where my character is. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I haven't played any. <laughs> so I think I just kind of have to jump back, jump in and play it. Um, I love the game. I really do. And I can't wait to explore more. Um, but it also balances. It balances fine for single player. But I find myself really wanting to play with people instead of playing solo. Okay. You know, like those boss yeah. fights, like they would be a lot more helpful with teammates. Yeah. No, I, I hear you there. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, Outriders <laughs> later when we talk about homework as well. But I, it wouldn't surprise me to see something about what their plans are moving forward. First DLC, something along that line. So those, I think, for the most part, are kind of the big recently released that we don't have other things to talk about in the future here still um so josh things that are upcoming that have already been announced that have not been released yet uh we saw revealed recently project triangle strategy josh uh do you think we see anything more from the makers of octopath traveler that we have this new tactical rpg there was a demo for it uh is this a game that we're going to see again this summer yeah, I mean, they're pretty good with when they put out these demos. Um, they, I mean, Nintendo, that the games aren't too far away from release. So I'm sure we'll see more and and um, a title and a release date. Do you think this game is coming this year or next year? I think it's going to be next year. Okay. It is an RPG after all. So they, it they, is an RPG. That's it's true. It's definitely going to be a, a, a chewable game. Okay. Uh, so another game that we got kind of a surprise look at that I don't think most people expected to be there when Square Enix did their event here just recently was, you know, Project Athia or Athia got updated to its official title for Spoken. Looking at a 2022 release for that game, do you think we see that again this summer since we just saw a little bit of it showed off just recently here? I think we'll see. Uh, oh, you know, it's so I feel like. It's so far off, so I I don't I can't imagine we see gameplay. I guess is what I'll say, but we'll probably see maybe another cinematic or something. Well, we got a little bit of gameplay in that first trailer in that trailer they showed, like very brief snippets. Is of, it? Well, I don't want to get into it, but because there's not a HUD, so you're saying it's not <laughs> gameplay. Okay, that's fine. Simulated gameplay. Is it all that. gameplay simulated? Uh, you know, you know exactly what I mean. <laughs> Okay. I I don't know if they're going to show I mean I would have to imagine that they're going to show something. I'm just wondering what since it is a you know PS5 exclusive plus PC for a while. I, I do wonder how much they're going to show at their presentation versus how much whatever PlayStation does this summer whenever they choose to do it. Um how much of it might be there. Like I think we'll see something from it, but I don't know if we're going to get a ton more about Forspoken this summer. Obviously since it's a big game for them, we'll see something, but I don't know how much we're going to see. Speaking of other games that uh, kind of PlayStation 5 focused for at least a while, Final Fantasy 16, Josh, which got kind yeah. of a pretty, I think, stellar initial trailer. Uh, we haven't really heard anything since then. I you mean, I think safe bet we'll see more Final Fantasy 16 this, this summer, yeah? Yeah, I think we'll see more. I think it'll come out in November. Oh, you think Final Fantasy 16 is this year, eh? 
Yeah, I think so. Why do you say that? What makes you believe that? Uh, how long has it been since we had a Final Fantasy sequel? Like, I just think it's in that time. It's in that time frame, that development cycle. Yeah. I just think we're due. I, I think that would be a pretty big uh, boon for PlayStation if that were to happen. As far I, I just didn't anticipate this game coming this year. Um, but, you know, when we look at, ahead to fall, um, you know, especially for, from a PlayStation perspective, um, it ju- we just had the one game pushed from May, the uh, Death Loop. I was like the yeah. game that has loops <laughs> in it. It was literally what I was about to say. Uh, Death Loop got pushed, and we know that theoretically Horizon Zero Dawn sequel is this fall. Um, so then if we got Final Fantasy 16, like this turned out to be a pretty strong fall, and theoretically that got a war game is supposedly coming out this year. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, even still, just with, you know, Deathloop, Final Fantasy 16, if that were to happen, and Horizon Zero Dawn, like that's a pretty strong uh, fall 2021 for PlayStation if that were to happen. So, speaking of PlayStation games, again, uh, Josh, this game that I have been so desperately wanting to see again that... We just stop hearing information about it, and then we'll see something. We don't hear anything again. Forspoken, not Forspoken, we just <laughs> talked about. My goodness. Babylon's Fall, the game from Platinum Games and Square Enix. You know, this game was supposed to be out like two years ago at this point. Still, from what we've heard, coming to PS4, um, A, do you think we see anything for this game? B, if we do, do you think there's a PS5 version of it now? Uh, or C, Josh, is this game even ever going to come out? I don't think that this game is going to come out. <laughs> There's just... been so little information on it. You would think that if they've been working on this game for so long, we would at least have screenshots, uh, more screenshots, sorry. <laughs> we would have more content, more info. I just don't know that there's enough out about this game to even lead credence to its existence. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you there. I, we've seen some short trailers, and it looks yeah. really interesting. Like It definitely has the vibe I'm looking for from a Platinum Games-style uh, game and, and the things that they do well. Just, oh, man, I, this game has been so quiet that I, I wonder what kind of shape it is in. Um, hopefully good, and hopefully we see it this summer because it was a game I was very interested in, um, but we'll have to wait and see. So some other games that we know are coming, uh, Life is Strange, we know, is coming out in September. So I think probably safe to say we'll get some sort of trailer for that game. Would you agree? Yeah, there'll be more Life is Strange for sure. Uh, the other game then that I think Square is still publishing this in North America, but I could be wrong. But I know that at least at one point they were. Dying Light 2. Yeah. Was they were when this game was revealed, it was at Xbox Showcase and Square Showcase um, back in 2018. I think um, but it was not both though because I know at, at least at the time Square was going to be publishing it in the US um, maybe that's still true maybe that's not still true I honestly don't even know if that's still true just with how much this game has been delayed it wouldn't surprise me if that has changed um, but I know we obviously just got an update that we're going to get an update about Dynamite 2 that was literally the update our update is we'll be giving you an update soon uh, do you think Dying Light 2 I know they said they wanted to hit this year do you think it's going to still hit this year you know, I wish I remembered what uh, there was like a dying light thing that was happening recently, and uh, Haley and and Donnie were talking about it. I don't remember what came of the event. That was literally what came of the event. Josh is at the event. They announced that we'll get an update soon. Oh, okay. So then, uh, I don't know. I know there was like rumors it was dead in the water. Uh, I guess at least this makes it sound like the game's still coming. Um. 
I just thought I would let you know that the last video from Babylon's Fall has been removed. So the only one that's still there is the State of Play trailer from 2019. Like I told you, I'm not I'm not confident this game still existing either. I'm <laughs> hopeful though. I'm hopeful this game still exists. Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know there's a lot of people excited for it, so I'd love for them to get to see that game, but I think we really need to find out uh what's going on. Uh because yeah, it was PC, PS4, and Xbox One and, and I think probably most likely what happened is it's getting revamped and they're starting again for next gen. Yeah. Yeah. If it's still coming. Okay. So I think for the most part, obviously then we have Final Fantasy VII Remake that is getting the DLC that's right around when E3 is. Yuffie. So we'll we'll see that, I assume, or some final trailer for that. But I think for the most part, that's kind of all of their big projects, at least, that they have that are um, either recently released or kind of we know about for the future. What else do you want to see from Square? What else do you would you like to see them do? Or do you have any dream projects you'd love for them to kind of roll out? What would what would they do? What would they have to do for you to be like best E three conference of twenty twenty one Square Enix? Oh, I don't know that they can. Um, okay, I would love to see a dream project. I would love to see Ur Guys sequel. Uh, if you know what that is, then you know what I'm talking about. E R G H E I Z. Um, they're doing near Automata, a near Automata, right? The new one that just came out. Oh, they did just release that. Yes, that was them. So yep. we'll see some content for that. I don't know what they're gonna do with it. Um, and maybe maybe they'll do another Dragon Quest. That's they're doing the. Um, it's been a bit since we had new Dragon Quest, right? When they put the Switch stuff out, we got Dragon Quest, but maybe we'll yeah. see some. Are you looking at our guys? Um, Did, I was, have you ever I was looking, familiar with this game? I uh, no, I wasn't. I was actually looking uh, up to see if I could find the Babylon's Fall trailer from their uh, in 2019, <laughs> and it's totally still there. Okay, so from 2019, yeah, yeah, I said that one was there, but the oh, one, okay, yeah, that, that was, was. I think that was the last trailer we got. Oh, was it? Okay, okay. yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you think we're going to see more Kingdom Hearts stuff? I think it's too soon. I we have to be hitting an anniversary for Kingdom Hearts, right? Well, uh, yeah, because there's a hundred games. So anniversary of what? Kingdom Hearts <laughs> HD Remix 2.5. Uh, hashtag FE Mirror Mirage Sessions. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. March 28th, 20, 2002 is when Kingdom Hearts came out. So we're hitting 20 years. No, next year. Next year. <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me if we see something Kingdom's Hearts. They just had um, in the winter slash um, fall, they released... Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory? Is that what it was? The rhythm uh-huh. action game? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's do some Kingdom Hearts. I think we could see something. <laughs> uh, Square, I don't I don't have a good answer for you because uh, uh, every year this happens. Square Enix has a press conference for E3. I always think I'm excited for it, and then I'm always let down, but only because I'm not a huge JRPG fan. I 100% recognize the fan base for this uh, studio. It's just not, it's just, I don't know why I just associate them with something that I just, I just took a big honk and sneeze on mute. Uh, <laughs> something that I I just assume that I'm excited for their games. Probably because I'm thinking back to like my PS2 days. Like, 
give me um vagrant story part two and then i'll yeah i'll be there for you so i think there's a lot of things that potentially they could do um obviously we have they have crystal dynamics who i know is doing yeah. marvel's avengers but with two do you think i mean something tomb raiders coming right like that's got to be happening right yeah they actually do have an anniversary this year i think it's 20 years so, I mean, I think something Tomb Raider is probably coming. And then they also have their Montreal studios, which I know have done, you know, more some kind of support stuff, helping out with all those other things. Uh, but I feel like that whether it be Deus Ex or whether it be Tomb Raider or whether it be kind of anything in that vein, it, it, it's kind of time to hear about something from one of those. Um, yeah. Deus Ex would be nice. So... And like I said, I don't know exactly what that's necessarily going to be, but it might be nice to have something, something there, something um, that is from their Western studios. It wouldn't surprise me, in addition to to Marvel's Avengers. Uh, Josh, what about Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two? Yeah, what about it? <laughs> do you think we see that? Is this too early still for that game? What do you What do you think about that? No, I think we'll see something. Um, you know, I was like saying last year, I think that this game will come out this year, and you correctly corrected me by saying you're crazy. But I do think that we'll see some gameplay or something, uh, especially if they're putting out this like a uh, Yaffe thing. Mm-hmm. It means there's they're definitely moving along. Um, and why why do this right? Like why put out just two character expansion right like they clearly were someone was like hey we got to get more content out to these like bloodthirsty fans because they kind of <laughs> lose their minds so i really think they just took those two characters like flat out right out of the sequel and gave them their own little prologue to part two so i feel like uh we'll get a tease and then probably at the end of that dlc we'll see like a a little like good old fashioned like trailer for the second one coming soon. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how they handle that second one. I don't know if we're gonna get anything for that yet with Final Fantasy sixteen. If if Final Fantasy sixteen is as close as you as you, you know you've indicated you think it yeah. might be, I think at that time it might be less likely that we'll see Final Fantasy seven remake part two because I don't know that they would want to take any of the shine if you would off of final fantasy 16 but sure. you know because i think seven has such a strong fan following i think that if you put those both in the showcase that seven is gonna i think outshine more often yeah. than not 16 so i could see them potentially waiting on that um the one thing i think we might get though is uh tokyo rpg factory's next game uh they're the folks who did i am setsuna last year and onanaki yeah um, and onanaki came out in 2019 so it, you know they're usually have been putting a game out every year or two um so obviously with covid that might take a little bit longer but i think we might see them um and josh you know what i just really really want at this point and i know some people might say we don't need this but the one thing i just really want tell me what you want what you really really want josh well what I really, really want is Chrono Trigger. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Like I said, I know. I know. I want a million dollars. <laughs> I know. It just, it's what I really want, Josh. I want Chrono Trigger something. Something. 
ideally, I mean, break the first one, remake it, make it look all, all nice and squeaky clean. I mean, they've done it with Trials of Mana. They've done it with Dragon Quest. You know, like, just, just you should bring, it, give, bring it to you the You should future. give up on that dream. I know. <laughs> that is not going to happen. I know it's not. Like I said, this is that was me dreaming. I'm not I'm not making a prediction about that. That was just me dreaming. I do think that Square has an opportunity for a really good show, though. They have some really exciting games that are on the horizon. Some games that we um, are wondering about, like, hey, Babylon's Fall, where are you? And then, obviously, the ability for, with how much they've just recently really released, um, to potentially reveal some, some new things. So I think they could have potentially a good show. Uh, I do agree with you, though. They definitely have historically had a a hit or two in their showcase for me and a whole lot of misses um, because they do have a lot of mobile things in the works and things like that right now, which is just not necessarily up my alley, but cool. Anything else else about uh, E3 Square Enix thoughts on what they might show us? Oh, awesome. Let's move on. What is your third topic, sir? My third topic is a new challenger enters the battle Royale arena. I don't know how I found out about this, but I did find out about this, and I did download and play the beta over this weekend. And that is a game called Naraka Blade Point. So the beta went live. This weekend, the story is that it hit over 120,000 concurrents on Steam, which is a pretty big number. That is a big number. Uh, the, this is from Eurogamer. It is the debut title from Chinese developer 24 Entertainment. It's a 60-player Fantasy action battle royale with a focus on melee combat and grappling hook powered movement. Uh, the action is dubbed uh, Unchained Multiplayer Combat and it's set on the fictional Morris Island. Uh, you can check out gameplay on Eurogamer. You could probably check out gameplay uh, on like Twitch archives. Uh, and it actually had more. It was more popular than Rust, Warframe, Valheim, and even uh, apparently Football Manager 2021 was very popular. It is, actually, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it ends on Monday at 7 p.m. UK time, so it'll end on Monday morning here in the U.S. Uh, what I want to say about this game is what I've been thinking about. So you have, uh, I want to say, maybe eight characters you could choose from. You do, You do not necessarily have them all unlocked i don't believe right away and i would say it it's like ghost of tsushima battle royale whereas like you have swords you also do have guns um, but you don't have to use guns uh, each character has a special ability which is uh you know each it varies one character turns summons like this giant um god character that you have to fight like he looks like a boss it's like uh, that the forearm guy that i'm yeah. seeing in this video okay yeah uh one of the the, the girl i was using she can uh, make herself invisible which seemed to be very efficient uh people apparently could not see me at all <laughs> which was very helpful um it has the same t- same types of things there's armor there's um instead of chests you're literally like like opening these like t- uh, i don't even know what to call them like debris or desecration like things and yeah some some abilities have like these they sap your health uh i had a lot of fun the combat is is cool the weapons are the same you know it's not too different from your regular battle royale it's just a different take um which is probably not going to be for everybody but 
it really made me think of like games like uh, what if Bushido Blade had a battle royale or, or Ghost of Tsushima or uh, Onimusha, games like that. So it was fun. Uh, it took me a little while to get used to the controls. I was using the Xbox controller on my PC and I don't, and it's plugged in, so I'm not getting any lag. It just felt like I was getting lag, but it is a beta. It's a little janky-ish, but I had fun. So I would say this is probably a game to keep your eye on. I don't know if it's coming to console, but if you have a PC, it was able to run on, uh, I was able to run on my PC. So if you have a mid-range PC, you should have no issues uh, running it. I'm not, I don't know if they're going to do a second beta or not, but it was clearly popular. I don't know the rules on Steam and China and when they're allowed to play, if they are. So I don't even think that this number ref, like, is even taking China into account. So that's a pretty solid number for a debut beta game on Steam. Awesome. I watched the video while you were chatting about it. It looks very, very cool. So it, it looks like it would be a fun time, though, unfortunately... Uh, I'm probably not going to play it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. it was fun. The The tutorial was like narrative driven with, with voice acting, um, teaching you how to use everything. It actually felt like an opening mission to a game because you're actually doing like like game type things in it. So it's, it felt pretty fun. So yeah, check it out if you can. If not, wait until uh, it comes out. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm going to imagine it's going to be free to play. So Gotcha. Very cool. All right, Josh, my final topic. Uh, so we talked a little bit about this before. We did. Passing. So it, it seems like PlayStation is, is really moving forward with bringing more and more of their games to PC. So let's devise PlayStation's strategy for them, Josh, because that's so much more fun than letting them do it on their own. Obviously, we recently got Horizon Zero Dawn. Yep. Uh, Days Gone is coming here in the not-too-distant future, coming out in May. So those are the two kind of big games right now. So, Josh, if you were in charge of PlayStation... And well, we'll say a PlayStation's PC strategy. Yeah. What? How would you approach it? When would games come onto the service? Would it be a select, you know, a perfectly curated list? Kind of. How would you decide what comes when it comes? What What are your thoughts on that? Well, if I'm Sony, the first thing that I want to do is fix our PC strategy. Everything I've heard about how bad Horizon translated. That'd be my first focus, right? You, I think it's pretty good now. It did not uh, release in good shape, yeah. but I'm saying I think it's better than it was. Like, yeah, and still, I, I think and overall on Steam is pretty positive ratings. Actually, I'm sure. I mean, it's a great game, right? So like, people can get over technical like hurdles, but uh, if you're Sony, right, and you're 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 bringing yourself to this new platform with your your games, you want the best representation of your game, so. I think that maybe Horizon is their stepping stone where they learn how to do that. That would be what I focus on first. Um, and I, yeah, I think a year, a year from release date, they put the game on PC. Uh, really, if they wanted to compete with Xbox, it would be the same day. But I also understand it's kind of like putting a PC game on a Mac on the same day. It just doesn't work that way because you want people on your platform. Because if you already have a PC, now you can play Xbox and PlayStation games on the same day. So, like, I get why they don't do that. I think if you're a company where you're selling Days Gone for $20 six months after release, you have no reason to not get that game on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
One of the things I don't understand and I can't wrap my head around is this select group of PlayStation fans who just want to set Sony on fire for putting games on PC. I don't understand that. Um, I I guess the part I do understand about that is wanting console exclusivity and wanting to feel like you have ownership over these games, but that's not what gaming is about. Gaming is about reaching the biggest audience. And for Sony, it's about making money. So they need to make money. So I would say a year makes make that clear so people know. So maybe people don't want to buy your games on release and they want to wait for PC. That's their choice. But at least you're getting 60 bucks out of them a year later and not $20 or less from them a year later. Because <laughs> uh, if you're giving it away for free right. on your service. Um, make your own launcher. Charge a subscription. Like your PlayStation Plus, if you have PS Plus, you get to you get free access, like like Xbox Live, like do something like that. Don't rely on Epic or Steam unless you have a like you're getting a cut. But that's what they that's what I would do. Sony does PlayStation Plus PC, literally that's the title. PlayStation Plus PC, and it includes PlayStation Plus and PC gaming, and it offers some PS Now games. And first-party games a year after release. That's what I would do. Gotcha. What games? So since we're obviously past like first-party games, you know, a year out. Like, what of the back catalog do you think would be important to get ported over soon? Uncharted, Ratchet and Clank, um, Spider-Man. That's a good start, I think. I mean, that's a lot. Uncharted. You get them all on there. That's yeah. a lot of content, and a lot of a lot of PC gamers haven't played Uncharted. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that's some good stuff. I, I honestly, I like your strategy overall. I think a year is a good time. It, it gives some quote unquote value, if you would, to um, PlayStation owners to be able to play the game first. But yeah, yeah, after a year, you know, most of those games aren't holding their price anymore, like you said. So getting them to a new audience is good. Um, you know, if it's a really high profile game that has a longer tail, maybe it's two years, whatever. Uh, but I think a, a year is a good amount of time. Uh, I think as far as games that should be coming soon, I think the biggest one, and this also is, you know, a lot of people are wanting a PS5 patch for this too, which I agree with 100%. I understand uh, Bloodborne is the game I think most yeah. people want on PC. Uh, and after that, honestly, for me, it's Dreams. I think Dreams absolutely should be a PC game um, because it's about making games and that's <laughs> something that people do on PCs. So it seems like that should definitely yeah. be there. Um, and I think those, honestly, those two are probably more important than even Uncharted and all the rest of them. Um, I think those two are the ones I would prioritize after Days Gone uh, to get them to PC. But it's, it is an interesting wild world, you know, and um, a lot of people were making noise because Jim Ryan recently did an interview in um, – talking about how you know the playstation 5 is gonna have the most exclusive games of any playstation console ever and that they've been <laughs> quietly but steadily investing in high quality games and to a degree we see this right like every once in a while we just got another announcement this week about another playstation 5 exclusive that they're working on that we know literally nothing about other than it's a multiplayer game from a new studio right which is kind of weird that they've been doing this they've been rolling out these announcements of like hey we're making a game hey we're making a game that we know nothing else about the game we're probably not gonna see them for like five years but that's okay. We'll talk about that some other time about whether it's a good strategy or not. <laughs> um, so, and in that interview, you know, he also talked about how mergers and acquisitions aren't off the table and all that good stuff. Um, and, but one of the big things that he also said in there is he said that 
Um, Sony is planning to bring a whole slate of games to PC. Um, and that was something that he had said back in February, and he reiterated again uh, recently within the last week or so. Uh, but people have been instead focusing much more on the, hey, we've been trying to get all these games part of that article. But it sounds like uh, this is just the start of PlayStation games on PC. And myself as a PlayStation fan, am all for it. All right, Josh, anything else you want to say about that? No. All right, then let's move on to our homework assignments. Every two weeks, we give one another homework, report back on it two weeks later, and assign some new homework. So, Josh, two weeks ago, I assigned you to play Horizon Zero Dawn, the board game, Tell me all about it. No. That's fine. You don't have to either. <laughs> That's okay. I did not play Horizon Zero Dawn, the board game. Josh, you get an F for your homework this week. I don't care. I quit this class. I changed. I, I already talked to my counselor. I'm dropping it. And I took a different class. Uh, it's I called Unmatched. Off. I have to sign off on those changes. No, nope, um, I'm taking Unmatched 101. And that's what I did instead. <laughs> all right. Well, no, I, I wanted to play it. Uh, it just my work schedule changed this week. I was on different hours. It really messed uh, my whole system up. Uh, so I was off all week. Not necessarily the best excuse in the world, but going from uh, working, getting up at six a.m. for work, and not having to do that is a big difference. <laughs> Vice versa. So, you're, wait, let me just check. Your excuse for not getting it done is you didn't work all week. No, no, my work schedule changed. Oh, I to thought you said you totally didn't different hours. I that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I was assuming at the beginning, but then at the end, I thought you said, it, and then I didn't yeah. work all week, and I was like, wait, what? No, no, different. But different I can hours. understand how a different work schedule would throw some monkey wrenches into your the the rhythm of your day and make it challenging. That's fine. But I, I mean, will you didn't, say you didn't have I, two weeks to do it, so you know you could have done it two weeks ago. But that's I fine. You're right. What was I doing two weeks ago? Probably. Oh, I was working crazy months of overtime, so I wasn't <laughs> even home at night. Um, uh, I will say something popped up on my one of my Reddit um, app like updates in the board games section, and someone mm -hmm. wrote, please tell me Horizon Zero Dawn isn't as terrible as what I'm reading. And every comment was, it's horrible. My wife is such a big fan, we couldn't even get past the first playthrough of this game. Uh, it's unbearably bad. I was like, great. I'm really getting myself in for something. Uh, but I will still play it. It's just a matter of finding time. Okay. Well, are you ready for your new homework assignment, Josh? Or do you want me to talk about my homework assignment first? Uh, whatever you prefer. All right. I'll talk about my assignment that you gave me first, and then we'll assign you homework. So, Josh, you assigned me to play Outriders. Yeah. Which I'd already played before, but apparently that wasn't good enough. You want me to play it again. You played the beta, right? I did play the beta. So you didn't yeah. play the game. I mean, no. the, I, excuse uh, me, excuse me. Technicality, I played, no doubt, blew over. <laughs> I played the <laughs> demo, not the beta. The demo. Okay, even worse. You didn't even play the game proper. <laughs> you played a demo of it. <laughs> uh, so I did I did boot up and play Outriders. Played for um, probably about 90 minutes. Oh. Um, yeah, look at me go. I did pick a different class this time. I picked the Techomancer. So building little turrets and all that good stuff. Nice. Uh, overall, enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it like I did last time. I will say the a lot of the issues that we had when we played the demo together, I, I had many fewer issues. Yeah. I did still run into some stuff, and I think that's more because my Xbox, and this is my only console that's this way, is hooked up to wireless versus being hardwired. Sure. So I think it because there was occasional like little lip sync issues or there'd be like a little bit of pop in all of a sudden and i think that was more because of it being on wireless than it was um 
any other reason. That's kind of what I attribute that to. Uh, but the game is still really fun. I, I do think the onboarding of this game, like the beginning of this game, is still real rough. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it's not a super fun process. And I think it would be, and maybe you can, I guess I don't even know. Is there a way once you, since you can have multiple characters, like if you choose to go back in to play a different character type, do you still have to start from the beginning? I'm not sure. I haven't tried that yet. I really hope there's a way you can just start from the pick the type of character and just move forward from there because none yeah. of that stuff bef- before that matters. I right? think where you, when you're in that like hub area where you can look for teammates and stuff and change mm-hmm. your appearance, I think there's a spot where you can change your class. So I feel like it would just I feel like it would put you there. I don't know though. Yeah, I hope so because that would that, that would be fine. But having to play through that entire beginning again would be rough. It I just yeah I really don't care about any of the characters right now maybe i will once i play more of the story Mm. and all that good stuff but yeah i I really do feel like they could probably start at the point where you kind of like wake up from the capsule and just go forward from there and make that the tutorial and i think the game would be much much better but overall i'm still enjoying it like i said i'll continue to play it uh i I picked this class because i didn't know how much i'd be able to sync up with other people and this seemed like a better option for playing solo um and so far so good i mean i think it's going pretty well uh, the powers seem fun, um, but yeah, I, I I like Outriders. It is a fun game, but with everything else that's right around the corner, we'll see how much Outriders I play. Because though I'm enjoying it, uh, I am anticipating Returnal more. We have Mass Effect right around the corner, and then we have Ratchet and Clank right after that. Yeah. And those are all games I'm looking forward to more than I'm looking forward to or having fun. Uh, like my level of it excitement for those is greater than my joy of playing outriders if that makes sense i gotcha yeah that makes sense but we'll see like i said i'm still enjoying it still a good game uh but we'll see how much i stick with it um okay so josh your assignment for next week yeah this is actually your own fault because i didn't even know this was a thing until you told me (laughs) guess what game you're playing for two weeks from now josh uh oh Josh, you were playing Table Manners, the physics dating, <laughs> physics-based dating <laughs> dating game. That is what you were playing for two weeks from now. Uh, okay. I didn't know this game existed, but then Josh <clears throat> was telling me about it before the show, and he has it. So guess what? You're, pl- you're, you're playing some Table Manners, Josh. You got it. I can do that. <laughs> Just looking at this video, this game, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> Let me install that real quickly. <laughs> awesome. So what's my homework, sir? Your homework is you have to beat Returnal by the next in two, in what? two weeks. <laughs> so I get one week, basically, to beat Returnal. You get like, yeah, you get 12 days. Oh, my God. Well, I'll try. Prepare I will do my best. for your F. Apparently, the game's supposed to be very hard, <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. So beat Returnal. Okay, beat Returnal. Here we go. Hey, Who you needs told- sleep? Yeah. Not me. Not me. <laughs> All right, installing table manners. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we will move on towards wrapping the show up. Uh, we're going to give you our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to give you one other recommendation, suggestion, or thing we are currently into that is helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? My recommendation is Mortal Kombat, the 2021 release, not the 1995 one, uh, on HBO Max, if you have the access to do it. It's also in theaters if you're crazy enough to go do that. Like my cousin who went, like, don't you have HBO Max? Yeah. So, wow, I already finished downloading. This is going to be a short game table manners. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Mortal Kombat. So I I will preface this by saying it is a fine movie. It is not a great movie. Um, But what it does excel 
it is fan service. And I actually appreciate that. In this, uh, I think if I'm going to give you a, like a uh, like a review of the movie, I would say it doesn't know if it's supposed to be a comedy or an action movie. It doesn't do a great job at doing one like succinctly. It's always like, but that's kind of like the original Mortal Kombat as well, right? Um, it's very practically filmed, so everything looks nice. Although. If you are maybe a action movie or martial arts buff or big fan, uh, you might notice that the action is a little slower than you would normally see in a mm. fighting uh, film, which kind of irked me a little bit, but I was able to look past it because you have actors who are proper actors fighting people who are martial artists brought in to be actors. So there's definitely some of that going on. But uh, the CG looks great. The acting is good. The uh, they pull in some some great B uh, references from old Mortal Kombat games, and uh, there's fatalities. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I really enjoyed it as a Mortal Kombat fan. So if you are a Mortal Kombat fan, I highly recommend watching this movie. Awesome! That is Mortal Kombat on HBO Max. My recommendation is just when the next time it comes to picking out media, Josh, whether it be a show you watch, a book you read, a game you play, a music you listen to, podcast you listen to, whatever it might be, I'm going to encourage you, listener, to just go outside your comfort zone a little bit. If there's a certain type of thing you tend to gravitate towards, try something maybe a little bit different than that. If there's a genre that you genuinely or tend to not really jive with, Maybe look for a new entry in that genre that's been well-received and give it a try. <laughs> try to just expand your horizons a little bit um, and, and try something different. That's all I'm asking. Just don't shut yourself out to the other possibilities that are out there because there's a lot of cool different types of things. And if you try it and find out it's still not for you, that's okay. You you gave it a shot. You can say you tried. Um, but don't be scared to go revisit those things that you don't think you're going to like because you know what? You might be surprised. You might really enjoy it. So Give that a shot. That's my recommendation this week, Josh. Well, that is a good recommendation. With that being said, I am watching a docu docu series on Hulu about Sasquatches, so that's kind of fun. <laughs> it keeps popping up on the front of my Hulu page. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not gonna yet. watch I haven't, it. <laughs> I haven't finished it yet, so but I'm totally watching it. All right, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag ourselves with hashtag boardwithvg. So please use that hashtag as well so we can see what you are up to on all of the social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us that fabled stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. I have a frog in my throat or something. Uh, <coughs> it's not coming out though. <clears throat> you can find me at Why So Serious on all the things. That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can people find you? 
So you can find me on all of the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, and Steam. All at Cyclocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.